0: Slava, Iisugastu, Slava, Navike, Glory be to Jesus Christ, Glory be forever, says Father Basil again, and again reading from this book, Light for Life, Part 2, The Mystery Celebrated, from God with Us Publications, and we were talking earlier regarding the different um, yearly cycles of our church. So what that means, of course, is what we celebrate throughout the year. So we talked about the weekly cycle. Every day of the week has a different saint that we commemorate. We talked about um, the the daily cycle. We talked about. Um, what, what we do during each time of the day. We, you know, vespers, or sunset, and then <laughs> the complines and the matins and all that stuff, first hour uh, up to the ninth hour. And now <clears throat> we're going to talk about the yearly cycle. And the main feast that commemorates the yearly cycle of course, is Pascha, Easter. Pascha, the Feast of Feasts. The principal feast of the Christian year is the Feast of Passover. In Greek, Pascha. The English name Easter derives from a pagan spring festival. For the resurrection of Christ stands at the center of our faith. Though we have no direct experience of the future kingdom, Our faith rests upon a real event that transformed the Apostles and became the foundation of the life of the Church. The Pascha celebration is self-consciously modeled on the Jewish Passover. On this day, the Jews solemnly remember the event that constituted them as a nation, their liberation from the Egyptian Pharaoh and their exodus into the Promised Land under the leadership of God. Christ had given the Passover a new meaning. He replaced the sacrifice of the Passover lamb, commemorating the salvation of Israel from the angel of death and from slavery in Egypt, with his own self-sacrifice for the salvation of all mankind, from bondage to death and sin. The parallels are astounding. In place of the lamb, Christ offered his own life upon the cross. In place of the blood of the lamb upon the lintel, the blood of Christ flowed upon the cross. Instead of the liberation of a chosen people from slavery to a worldly king, he accomplished the freedom from the power of slavery to sin for all humanity. And instead of the promised land, we were given the promise of the resurrection and life with God. The Christians began to celebrate a Passover with an entirely new dimension. St. Paul can exhort his converts, Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. Let us celebrate the feast not with the Old Yeast, that of corruption and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The Jewish Christians in the Middle East probably celebrated their new Passover at the same time as the Jewish Passover, the 14th day of Nisan. The Jews followed a lunar calendar, causing this date to move relative to the Roman solar calendar. As the celebration of this feast developed among the Gentile Christians, it was extended to three days and moved from the fixed 14th of Nisan to the nearest Sunday. The feast began on the Friday before since our Lord died on the cross on Friday, rested in the tomb on Saturday to Sabbath, and then rose on Sunday. The Friday was a day of complete fast because of the suffering and death of our Lord. Sunday, instead, was a day of complete joy because of the Lord's resurrection. New Christians were baptized then because baptism is death to sin. And rising to life in Christ Jesus. The feast of the Pascha still retains this twofold character of a celebration of resurrection and baptism. A tropoion of the Paschal canon connects the ide- ideas of Christ's resurrection and baptism. Yesterday I was buried with you, O Christ, in baptism at the vigil of the Liturgy on Holy Saturday, but today, I rise resurrected with you. Yesterday I crucified myself with you, O Savior. Now glorify me with you in your kingdom. The feast of Pascha was subsequently expanded to a full week called the Great and Holy Week. The Sunday before Pascha celebrates the historical entrance of our Lord into the city of Jerusalem to enter into his Passion. The previous Saturday recalls his raising of Lazarus from the dead, this event which triggered the first Palm Sunday. Lazarus Saturday would become an important baptismal day in Constantinople to allow the Neophytes to take part in the celebration of Great Week. Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, and Holy Wednesday recall the Lord's teachings in the Temple and the events that took place during this week before his arrest. Holy Thursday commemorates the giving of the Eucharist and the betrayal and arrest of our Lord. To contrast with this betrayal, it became the day for the reconciliation of those who were doing public service or public penance. This joyful observance of the resurrection is extended throughout the week after the Sunday of Pascha. Because the newly baptized Christians wore their white baptismal robes during these seven days, it is called the New Week or Bright Week. Given St. Paul's imagery of baptism as a joining of ourselves to the death and resurrection of Christ, it is not surprising that the annual celebration of Christ's death and resurrection became the privileged time for celebrating mysteries of Christian initiation. Even today, the Vesper liturgy of Holy Saturday reminds the, remains the most appropriate time for baptism in the Byzantine liturgical cycle. The celebration of the resurrection of Christ remains the most glorious experience of the Byzantine churches. The joy of the ointment-bearing women at discovering the empty tomb of Jesus and is relived in processions, music, and gestures which tell us more about the mystery of the resurrection than a thousand books or lectures. The celebration of Pascha is the center of the movable cycle of feasts, that sequence by which we experience the meaning of Christ's gift of salvation periods of repentance emptying us to fill our need for God's love, alternate with joyful celebrations of his wondrous deeds in our behalf giving, our, giving us life. Immediately after Pascha, a period of 50 days, traditionally without fasting or kneeling, recreates the time for the resurrection to the descent of the Holy Spirit. The 50th day, Pentecost, was already observed in the Jewish tradition as the day the law was given on Mount Sinai. The Christians celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, for while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The fullness of the Church with its new life in Christ comes only with the descent of the Holy Spirit, who fills all things and brings us new life. This fullness of faith is expressed in the life of the Church through the various outward forms of the tradition, the scriptures, the liturgy, the teachings of the fathers and councils. None of these exhaust the expression of faith. Rather, they collectively express the fullness of faith, which flows from the fullness of life in the Trinity, where the individual Christian must find his faith. God calls us and speaks to us in a personal way, but never in a way contrary to the common tradition. Our individual faith can be understood only as a member of the church in the context of the believing community. No one of us can possibly remain, no one of us can possibly contain the fullness of faith. So, Uh, This to go through the cycle of Pascha. So before Pascha, before we celebrate Easter, we have the pre fast weeks, which are the four Sundays before we start Lent, the great fast. And then we celebrate the Pharisee, the gospel of the Pharisee and the publican, the prodigal son, the last judgment, and the expulsion from paradise. Then we have what's called Lent, the Great Fast, the 40 days of Christ's fast in the desert, the pre-baptismal catechumenate. And then we celebrate the 40 days before the Great Week. And then we have what's called Holy Week, Great and Holy Week, which starts with Lazarus Saturday, Palm Sunday, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, Holy Thursday, Holy Friday and Holy Saturday. And this commemorates the last week of Christ's life. The raising of Lazarus, the entry to Jerusalem, Christ in the temple, the anointing at Bethany, the Last Supper, crucifixion and burial, and the rest of Christ in the tomb. And this is the week before Easter, the Holy uh, Pascha. And then we finally have Holy Pascha and Bright Week, the Feast of Feasts, and we comm- comm- commemorate the Resurrection and the appearance of to the apostles. This is the first Sunday after the first full moon of the v- vernal equinox, and after the Old Passover. So that's how Easter is com- is, uh, is set. The Easter date is set as the first Sunday. After the first full moon of the vernal equinox, and then we have Paschal tide, the forty days after Easter, and we celebrate the presence of the risen Christ. Then we have Ascension Thursday, which is the fortieth day after Pascha. That is the Ascension of Christ to heaven to meet His Father, His heavenly Father, and then we have Pentecost which is the 50th day after Pascha, or after Easter, and the following week. And this commemorates the final manifestation of the Trinity at the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then we finally have the Sunday of All Saints, which is the Sunday after Pentecost. And we celebrate all those glorified by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So that's the things that we celebrate during uh, that time. The Spirit mediates the presence of God in the present age, the era of the church. He actively leads and guides the church and the individual believers. Through the Holy Spirit, Christ comes among us in the Holy Mysteries. Baptism and chrismation admit us into the life of the Trinity. We become God's children. We are sanctified and brought to perfection. The Church's liturgical life is a manifestation of the presence of the Spirit. In Him, we are formed into the living temple of God. In him we become a priestly people, able to offer the sacrifice of praise. The Church's liturgy is quite literally a work for the people, and is the means by which God the Spirit works individually in our souls, and collectively in the community of faith. St. Paul writes, God is the one who firmly establishes us among with you in Christ. It is he who anointed us and has sealed us, thereby depositing the first payment the spirit in our hearts. The Pascha and Pentecost period was celebrated as early as the first half of the second century. It includes the Feast of the Ascension, which celebrates the return of our Lord to the right hand of the Father in glory, and falls on the 40th day after Pascha, always on a Thursday, according to Luke's chronology. This feast becomes part of the liturgical cycle after Pentecost, dating from about the 4th century. Another ancient feast of the 50-day period after Pascha is mid-Pentecost, celebrated on the 25th day after Easter. It is a theological feast that celebrates the giving of life by God through the resurrection of Christ. And the sending of the Holy Spirit. The readings that day emphasize nourishment with spiritual gifts. The Gospel for the final day of Pentecost, the following Wednesday, recounts the story of the multiplication of the loaves. Indeed, the whole Pentecostarian commemorates God's gift of Himself to us, filling us with life. Resurrection, Pascha, faith in Christ. Thomas Sunday, his presence in the Eucharist mid-Pentecost, deification, ascension, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. The icon of Pentecost clearly shows the twelve apostles are seated in a semicircle with a place reserved for Christ, who may be invisibly present at the center or represented in the Theotokos, who bore him. The icon of the descent of the Holy Spirit reveals to us the mystery of unity and diversity in the Church, born on Pentecost, much as the Trinity icon opens the mystery of unity and diversity within the Godhood. The Apostles are gathered together in a deep inner unity in stark contrast to sin's division and confusion that reign throughout all humanity. Pentecost is a reversal of the confusion of tongues, deriving from the power of Babel. Their sin divided and scattered the people. Now, humanity is united by the power of the Holy Spirit. Each apostle retains his uniqueness and diversity. The tongues of fire separate to alight on each unique person yet he is bound to the others on a single new body, the Church. Once again, God reaches out to each apostle as an individual, but never in an isolated manner. Only when they are gathered together in a single room that they receive the Holy Spirit. In addition to the 50-day period of joyful celebration after Pascha, The church has a 40-day period of penitential preparation for Pascha, called Lent or the Great Fast. In the Eastern churches, Lent begins on the Monday after Sunday, always the 7th Sunday before Easter, and ends on the Friday before Lazarus' Saturday, a period of exactly 40 days. The number 40 appears frequently in the Bible, as a period of preparation before the entry into a mission given by God. Moses fasts on the mountain for 40 days before receiving and handing over the law to the Israelites. Elijah fasts 40 days before his vision of God telling him to anoint Haziel as king of Aram, Jeru as king of Israel, and Elisha as prophet. The Israelites themselves wandered for 40 years in the desert as penance before entering the Promised Land, and Jesus fasted 40 days after his baptism before beginning his public preaching. The 40-day great fast of purification and preparation originated in Egypt and was first observed after the Feast of Theophany. The initial purpose of this fast was the preparation of catechumens, learners for the baptism. New Christians would be baptized at its completion. This fast soon moved to its current place before Pascha, and the baptism of the initiates drawing to the Paschal celebration. Lent was a period of instruction in the Lord of God, of practicing the Christian virtues of charitable works, of being integrated into the community of faith, a fasting as a purification of body and soul for the great mystery of adoption as children of God. This special session of preparation was not restricted just to the candidates for, for baptism. The whole community took part, both as a sign of solidarity with those joining the Church and as a renewal of each one's personal commitment to Christ. The great fast, even now, is a time for us to renew our baptismal promises and our union with God. Despite or because of its dedication to repentance, it remains a season of great joy, a time of growing nearer to God. So that was quite a bit of information I uh, read today about the Paschal Cycle of the Year. Uh, how Easter is the central theme of our entire church year. Everything is pretty much, revolves around Easter, the resurrection of our Lord. But again, we talked about the fast, we talked about Lent, we talked about Ascension of the Lord, we talked about Pentecost. All of those major feast days, are connected uh, very closely to Easter to the to the resurrection of Christ uh, So next time we will be talking about um, the other feasts of the Lord that are not Easter so there is many other feasts that we celebrate throughout the year that we will be talking about. Uh, of the Virgin Mary, of the Lord, that are also very, very, very important to our Eastern tradition, okay? But today we talked about Easter, we talked about Pascha, we talked about how that resurrection of the Lord and the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost is so important to our faith so important to our baptismal commitment to preach the gospel preach the good news to everyone in our world god bless you have a good day